0: Hi, everyone. I'm Henry DeVries, CEO of Indie Books International. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. So this podcast is designed for what we call the ABC, agency owners, business coaches, and consultants, strategic consultants. And this is where we talk how you market with a book, not how you market your book. That's all fine and good. But we're all about marketing with a book. And we believe that the real payoff, the results, the way you find new clients, right fit clients, is marketing with a book and a speech. The number one marketing tool is a book for the ABC. The number one marketing strategy for the ABC is to talk about the book. and. That involves a variety of means. Today's guest has certainly done all of them. She is a thought leader, which means she wasn't one and done with a book. She has uh, her third book coming out that she'll talk about. Uh, But first, we'd like to go around and do an author roll call. And I'd like to uh, hear from Chris Hodges and then Mark LeBlanc. If you could introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, to tell us about your book.
1: Chris. Hey Thank you very much Henry. My name is Chris Hodges. I am the author of, and hopefully you can see it, Noble Automation Now. Noble Automation Now is about helping humans be heroes in the age of automation using intelligent automation to motivate and innovate. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I speak and help companies figure out how to use all this cool automation stuff without scaring the heck out of their employees and actually keeping people motivated.
0: Good. And Chris's target audience is Fortune 1000. And he's played in that space. And he, right out of the shoot, got engagements with these people as a result of the book. Um, I think it surprised Chris a little that uh, the strategy actually worked uh, and you've been doing well with it. Uh, thanks for being with us today, Chris. I, I like it that you're so busy. That's the good problem. So Chris has the good problem right now. Yeah, it's a good problem and a bad problem. We we can go through that later. Thanks for dropping in. Uh, Okay, Mark LeBlanc, the chairman of Indie Books International. Thank you, Henry. My name is Mark LeBlanc, and I serve as the chairman of Indie Books International. I run a coaching business out of Edina, Minnesota, and have given over a thousand presentations. My next book is titled, Bringing in the Business without sounding like a salesperson, uh, especially designed for independent and practice uh, professionals who sell their time and their talent. I'm co-authoring this book with Henry and David Goldman. Thanks, Mark. Glad to see you. And I look forward to any comments you might have in the Q&A portion today. Um, Well, I'd like to. Just say hello for myself. I'm Henry DeVries and I run Indie Books International. I am also an author. It's like, I'm not just, uh, you know, the president. I'm also a member of the hair club. So I'm also a member of Indie Books International with uh, my 15th book coming out, which is marketing with a book for agency owners. And that is in the editing stage right now. Looking forward to that. I'm in Oceanside, California. Uh, My vision was always to have a business uh, by the water surrounded by trees, and that's where I am, and uh, that's going to play into our story today. I'd like to introduce uh, Lisa Apolinsky. Lisa, just first t- tee it up like an author, and then I'll bring you on as our special guest.
2: Sure. So my name is Lisa Apolinski. I am the CEO and founder of 3 Dog Right, which is a full-service digital consulting agency, And we work with companies who want to accelerate revenue and take market share using digital means. And my third book has come out, Grow Your Market Share in a Zombie Apocalypse, which everyone should be buying because it has habits and tips to be able to get through the crazy unimaginable business and economic conditions we see ourselves in today.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for being with us today. Lisa's a thought leader, and a thought leader is not one and done with a book. She's done three books since 2019 and has an amazing growth story, but I just wanted to turn the talking stick over to her about an adventure she's had during the pandemic and how that relates to all of us.
2: Yes, absolutely. So I'm gonna go ahead and share my screen because I do have a few photos. Um so while I'm queuing this up, I had really the adventure of lifetime. I worked with uh an agency, a travel agency to go to Antarctica. Yes, Antarctica. Um Antarctica is the final continent, the seventh continent. And it has four attributes that I think are absolutely amazing. It is the highest, driest, coldest, and windiest place and is over 7,000 feet above sea level. That's just average. There are peaks that are higher than Mount Everest. It is the driest, it is the largest desert on earth and in the dry valleys they have not had rain for nearly 2 million years so it is dry it is also the coldest place on the planet the coldest temperatures they run minus 129 in the winter so it gets very cold there and it is the windiest they have recorded over 100 uh, miles per hour winds during the winter months So it is treacherous. It is treacherous getting there. It is treacherous being there. And it's treacherous going back to the mainland when you go to Argentina or Chile. Um, But it is fascinating. And if it's something that you are able to do, I highly recommend you do it. It has an amazing amount of wildlife, uh, flora and fauna, Uh, Geological expeditions and information just the amount of information that is there about the history of our planet, and the stories that it can tell is amazing. So let me go to my first picture. And let's talk about the topic as it relates to Antarctica. when we were in the pandemic, we were out in the waters and we decided that it was best to get into our safe harbor. And does have a natural harbor area that allows boats and expeditions to get out of some of these horrible weather conditions. The, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with finding a safe harbor and getting your bearings. The issue that a lot of companies are facing with today, and this is whether it is a consulting agency all the way to a Fortune 100. I work with Fortune 500 companies and I see this every single time I talk to them. They're still stuck in their safe harbor. The problem with that is they're looking out to see the weather patterns and what's happening. And they're not thinking about what might be coming up behind them to trap them. One of the things in Antarctica that you have to be very aware of, and it's amazing how quickly it can form is pack ice. Um, The exhibition in 1914, uh, Shackleton's exhibition, where they got trapped in the pack ice, they didn't realize that this pack ice was moving in and it crushed and sunk their boat. (laughs) So pack ice can be very deadly. If you look at the photo that I have up, that um, white blue area, part of that is pack ice. Um, So it starts to form in and around the land. It starts to build out into the water. Um, The size of the continent actually doubles during the winter months because of this pack ice. It comes together and it forms a landmass and a barrier and it will crush anything that's in its path. It's beautiful, it's amazing, but again, pack ice can trap you. When we're thinking about moving out and getting back out into open waters, I know it's very scary, but having this pack ice coming in on all sides of you is also something you have to be aware of. What conditions have changed that could crush your organization? What's happening with your service? your customer service, what's happening with product availability, what's happening with um, the the quality of your products, because you might have to swap out parts. These are all pack ice options that can really unbeknownst to the company, sneak up around them and take them down. So that's the first thing we need to think about. When we're in our safe haven, are we allowing this snare of not wanting to keep our, our eyes out on the horizon and get back into business strategy and taking some risks? And what is that doing for our organization? And are we actually putting ourselves in a different type of danger because we're trying to avoid one? It's kind of the out of the fire, print, fire pan, frying pan into the fire, that kind of scenario. And I love this photo, by the way. Um, You you can see the ruggedness. um, You can see all the Adelie penguins. And then again, you can see that pack ice um, and the mountains that form around it. And even penguins can get trapped very deadly. They can lose their ability to come up out of the water. So even they have to pay attention. The second thing is the wild, what i like to call the wildlife. Um, you know, what type of elements are happening within the organization as a whole that could affect how well they do. And that includes timing. As we know for opportunities, timing is everything. In this photo, you can see two little fledglings. They're so cute with the penguin. They were born very late in the season. These penguins should have been almost the size of their mother. Those two penguins, as adorable as they are, did not survive. It's hundred percent certain they did not survive. They were completely reliant on their mother for food. It was getting to the end of the season where the mother would have to go and feed and be gone for weeks and with predators with just starvation those those unfortunately those beautiful little fledglings didn't make it because they had the timing wrong what opportunities are you sitting on because you're not sure if the timing's right and you're worried about that risk and you're thinking you have enough time and it could always come around again or if you just wait a little bit longer and we all do this, right? We all want to, you know, really assess everything. And most of us are, you know, we're we are we we're risk averse in some degrees, and we don't like change. <laughs> Those are two things that are very, very, uh, you know, things that ha- that are just human nature. So when we think about the opportunities that are available to us. What does that mean? And what type of risk are we looking at? And if we don't take this opportunity, what would happen in 10 minutes, 10 months, maybe 10 years? Will we wish we had done something or will we actually be in the negative if we avoid that opportunity because our timing is off? And then my last picture, is uh, I look at this competition, all of the wildlife in Antarctica are fighting for the same resources. And when Antarctica does have beaches. When, When we pulled ashore, we were told these fur seals, they look like they'd be slow. And I've seen them in action. They can go really fast, even on land they have the ability to move. So what kind of competition are you dismissing within your market, within your industry that maybe you shouldn't because that competition could come in and get you. If you get bit by a fur seal in Antarctica, their mouth is so dirty that we have to evacuate immediately. And I mean, immediately because you can get blood poisoning within, I think it's two to three hours and you can be dead within 24. It's a race to a location that can treat you before you become septic and die. And all it takes is one bite. So thinking about your competition and other players in your, in your industry, and they can be coming up on all sides you know, what type of analysis are you doing regularly to just be aware of the landscape? We had to be very aware of where the fur seals were as we were walking along the beach, including if they were in the water. A fur seal actually came out of the water and tried to attack one of our guides because she had gotten down to look at a rock. And he thought, oh, that's food. And he just came flying out of the water and we all had to put our poles up and start hitting them we had walking sticks not because we needed them on the beach but so we could use them as weapons and to make ourselves look bigger what kind of competition could be flying out of the water and are you ready with the right tools like those sticks to be able to fend them off and in this this photo you can see there's a whole bunch of steam coming off the water there is a lava flow that flows underneath part of antarctica so this area here if you touch the water it's actually like 80 or so degrees it's warm which is why it's so attractive for these fur seals they can you know kind of get their sunbathing on and their their sauna on and then come out and find fish. And it's, there's different types of fish that swim in these warmer waters. So they can actually have a difference in diet, which is pretty cool. So I wanna see if there are any questions. I've been talking for a little bit um, and I can keep going on Antarctica, but I wanna see if anything has come up for anybody on the call as to You know what kind of snares are they maybe have stepped over or stepped aside, or have actually gotten caught in and had to figure out how to get out of.
0: Lisa, this is Henry. Um, Why don't you shut the slide down? We're getting a little slow bandwidth problems here with it, and I'll start it with some questions here because I got I got all the questions.
1: Okay.
2: Awesome. I love questions.
0: (laughs) Okay, and uh, producer Suzanne, why don't you pin us side by side? Okay, so all of that is a metaphor for what's happening today, and your book. Um, Why don't you make the connection there with the uh, zombie apocalypse book?
2: Yes. So, just like Antarctica and the, you know, the ferociousness of Antarctica. if there were a zombie apocalypse, that would be pretty awful too. Trapped in Antarctica, bad. Zombie apocalypse, also bad. The question is, what kind of habits are you able to start to work on so that when unexpected things happen, whether it's within your organization, whether it's supply chain, whether it's economic conditions, whether it's a war, a pandemic, a meteor strike, a zombie apocalypse, what habits can you start working on informing so that they become muscle memory? And so when something happens, you have the skill set and the knowledge and the tools to be able to pivot and step to the side of that bad thing.
0: The zombie apocalypse is a metaphor hyperbole, if you will, for we don't know what's going to happen next, but something's going to happen. Yes. The other aspect I invited you on to bring out is that we're heading into a period of a renaissance. I've written about this in my Forbes.com column. And we have a choice now to be the innovators of this new post-pandemic renaissance or get innovated over. In other words, get run over by the innovators, just like those people who didn't get out of the way of the packet ice and they got crushed. So, this is an alarm bell that we're ringing today for our authors and our listeners. The other alarm we wanted to sound for people will come on September 7th. I'm giving a presentation on how to write the right book to attract and find clients, and that's gonna be on September 7th. The the message there is, if you're still talking about what you talked about pre-pandemic, you can get run over now. Now is the time that you need to innovate and talk about what you've learned and this new world that we're in to be relevant. So that's the message today. Lisa, let's back it up to uh, the year is 2019, the place Oceanside, California, And uh, I'd like your version of how we met. And then I'll give my version.
2: Absolutely. Well, this should be fun. So um, the December before I had received as a Christmas gift from a good friend of mine, Diana, she had sent me a copy of Henry and Mark's book on growing your consulting business. And I was doing the activities and I read the book and Henry very generously listed that he was in Oceanside, California. And I went, huh, I'm gonna be in Oceanside in the summer, like it was July or August, I should meet Henry. I mean, he put his contact information in here. He probably wants to have people you know, get contacted. So I reached out to Henry and Henry didn't respond to my email. And I know, from my own personal experience, that just because someone doesn't respond doesn't mean that you shouldn't follow up because anything can happen. They didn't get the voice message, they got busy, they saw it and they got buried. And so I contacted Henry again and he didn't respond. So then I called Henry because I went ahead and found other contact information. I didn't go as far as get on his uh, Instagram account, (laughs) but I did track him down and I said, Henry, you know, I bought your book. I'm a consultant. I'd love to be able to pick your brain and just learn more from you as to how you developed your organization, the way that I want to develop mine. And we met at the Broken Yoke and it was supposed to be a 45 minute conversation, I think. And we were there for about three hours and I just asked question after question, after question, after question question to Henry, because I was so enthralled in his story and his journey. And when we were done and we had talked about digital marketing and he said, you know, you should write a book. And I said, I have nothing to say. Maybe in 10 years I can write a book, but no one's gonna listen to me now. And he said, no, 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 you got a book in you. I think you should write a book. And I took his advice and we are now working on a book four for me. So yeah, I had a book in me. I just didn't know it.
0: Got a few. Well, the getting together is what I call the, I just happened to be in Kalamazoo strategy. And I learned it from a client who wrote a book and took his company into the Inc 500, which is the fastest growing privately held businesses. And I said, how do you get all these clients around the country? he said, well, I call them and have a conversation. And it usually ends with, oh, I'd love to meet you sometime. The next time you're in Kalamazoo, give me a call. So he said, then I would contact the airlines and get the next flight to Kalamazoo and (laughs) say, I'm just going to I just happened to be in Kalamazoo on Thursday. Oh, let's get together. Devin tells a story about how we grew indie books and there was a contact in Tampa who was the the biggest publicist for books and I wanted a strategic alliance with them and networked my way up to enter talk to the president and she said next time you're in Tampa let's get together. And I go out to Devin and I said when's the next free date, we can be in Tampa. And it turned out to be three weeks later and we just happened to go to Tampa. I've done it with other clients, Judy Carter, um, who wrote the comedy Bible and we wound up publishing the new comedy Bible because I stalked her, I I just, she said, well, we should, you know, if you're ever gonna be in LA, you're in San Diego, uh, we should have lunch. So I called her and said, oh, I'm gonna be in LA tomorrow do you want to have lunch?" And she said, yes. Later I told her, I said, I was going to call you about every other week and I was just going to happen to be in LA until you agreed to have lunch. And so I respect the strategy. Um, I guess it was the term pick your brain. Speaking of zombie apocalypse, that that's a trigger for me, Lisa. I'm sorry, I was slow. your brain. Was yeah, yeah, uh, pick my brain. Uh. So, um, but when I talked to Lisa, and I thought it would be a half an hour coffee and I'd give her some advice. I found out that she was an amazing person who had left the corporate world, started her own agency, had grown it for five years and just was honestly asking, what do I do to take this to the next level? Uh, We wound up speaking for probably three hours and I outlined a course of action and it was not just one book, It was multiple books and that you would speak about this. Lisa's goal at the time was to land Fortune 500 clients. She had none at the time. Now, three years later, Lisa, why don't you tell us how much, by a percentage, how much you've grown and who some of your clients are. You know, you have to tell the exact name. You can do the generic
2: yeah, I have to do the generic because uh, I have to sign confidential agreements with these companies. So um, now I would say eighty to eighty five percent of my client base is Fortune Five hundred companies with several Fortune One hundred companies. Um, I am in talks with several additional companies um, right now. Um, so that could bump it up to ninety or ninety five percent. I doubled my revenue. In 2020, during the pandemic, I doubled it Um, and it was because of the books. I used the books as a tool to segue in and then was able to schedule a no cost conversation to be able to talk to them about getting clarity around their digital goals and to help them figure out where they wanted to go and then talk to them about a story about a current client has gone from where they are now to where they wanna go. Um, and I have a lot of those. Um, you'd think that everyone has a unique problem and, and it's somewhat too unique to them, but by and large, people have the same issues. It's human nature. Um, this year I am set to grow by about 60%, um, but that actually might change because of these additional uh, Fortune 100 companies I'm talking to, if those things transpire, I will probably quadruple my business this year. And again, it's because I use my books as tools and now I send multiple books. It's very exciting. They, They say, I'd like your newest book. And I say, well, I included my other book because I think you should learn about this too. And they go, oh my God, that's fantastic. So that's what I do. Books are awesome. Write a lot of them.
0: So we'll get to speaking in a moment, but there are two questions from the field. Um, One is from Mark LeBlanc and the other is from uh, Chris Hodges. So Mark asked, Did he hear you write it was reading uh, our book, Building Your Consulting Practice? Yep. So,
2: yeah.
0: And you are uh, correct.
2: And I have it on my shelf somewhere. I should actually have both of you sign it.
0: You should. Yeah. It's a small fee. It's a small fee. And then Chris said, we were talking about timing, and that's a frustration for a lot of us because the, the number one excuse from prospects is, well, the timing's not right. So what's your strategy for dealing with that?
2: So when I'm outlining, and, and I'm going to use one of the clients, I'm, I, one of the clients I have right now, and we're talking about a much bigger engagement um, and buying my book and yada, yada. Um, the, the, one of the things that I'm expecting to hear is, well, you know, we're getting towards the end of the year. Um, you know, I don't know if we should be spending this amount of money now, or if we should be waiting till Q1 of 2023. And my conversation with them is always, if you, if you did this, and you were able to engage every one of your employees to do one extra thing, whether it's making a call, talking to someone about being a client, what have you, whatever would work for them. For this client, it would be to have a conversation with one person and make them a client of your organization. And this is a very large financial firm, what would that do for you in terms of revenue? And they go, oh, well, that would bring in, you know, if every one of my clients did that, you know, we could be, you know, uh, helping to work with maybe a few billion dollars worth of financial assets. Is that something you wanna put off to 2023? where another financial institution could come in and take that? Because that's what you're deciding. You're not deciding if you should do it. You're deciding when. And when you delay it, you're allowing someone else to come in. Is is that worth it to you? And maybe it is. Maybe you're okay with that. Personally, if I knew that this investment would get me that much more return, that much sooner, to me, it's kind of a no-brainer. And when you when you talk in terms of um, outcomes and what they're delaying and what they're opening up for other people to take, a lot of times that timing conversation will will disappear. Because, again, if 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 you knew that you could make. I'm just going to pick a number out of the air. If you knew you could make an additional three hundred thousand dollars. Would you want that now or do you want to wait where someone else could come in and now it's only 200 or now it's only 150?
0: Yeah. But uh, what would you benefit from waiting? Um, I want to go back to because it's all about us. Mark and I are curious. How did you get our book in the first place? It was a gift. It It was was a gift.
2: gift. My friend Diana DeMarco bought it for me as a Christmas gift. So every time I talk about you, Henry, she's like, oh, you had lunch with Henry DeVries. You're going to Disney with Henry DeVries. Like she's so excited because to her, you are a rock star and you too, Mark. You're both rock stars to her because you wrote a book.
0: Right. And uh, Mark and I argue about who's the coolest one but i am going to disneyland with you in two weeks that's right <laughs> so um you were definitely something the other thing and we should be out there is you held up one of your books is um which, on one, Mark? which one henry yeah well, uh, 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 the
2: one i with learned my that name from you too it. i loved your book oh thanks which one which one
0: yeah so uh, persuade with a digital content story we were talking about that and I was so impressed with Lisa, I was willing to share my intellectual property with her. And we talk a lot about, you know what you know, Lisa added so much to my content with this digital content world. And I think you've been a little coy. I think I can say, you're working with one of the top five financial institutions. You're working with one of the top five banks. You're working with a billion. One of the top Japanese three
2: technology. Yeah, one of the top. I, I'm working with one of the largest um, Japanese uh, manufacturers. Um, I'm. I'm looking to, and I think it'll happen. I'm looking to work with w- one of the top three um, hotel chains in the world, and. Um, one of the top uh warehouse companies in the world where you know whole whole warehouse wholesale companies in the world
0: okay i won't i won't probe <laughs> i got a guess but i won't so <laughs> in in build your consulting practice one of the nine best practices is to reach out and plant seeds uh, at least one a day, Lisa. One a day, one a day, one a, a day,
2: like a vitamin.
0: <laughs> like a vitamin. That's Mark's line.
2: That's Mark's
0: um, line. <laughs> you're fearless, Lisa, in in contacting C-level executives at Fortune 500 companies. Um, uh, Chris, you're known by the company you keep. That's one of the reasons why I was suggesting you and Lisa keep company together. And there's some of our other authors who deal in the Fortune 1000, and you need to be amplifying each other's work, cross-promoting. You just happen to know somebody that they might be interested in having as a speaker or a trainer or something in that area. Um, A a mentor of mine early in my career, he was running a very large agency and I was running a, a, a lemonade stand of an agency. Well, we were in the Ad Age 500. So we were one of the 500. We were 498, by the way. But he said, "Henry, my job and your job are the same job." He goes, "You just add a zero to the end. Uh, when I come back for lunch, there's a list of phone calls I have to return and emails I have to return. Um, the The project's proposals, they just have extra zeros on them. They're the same work. Um, so his point was, you know, it's your choice where you want to play. Lisa, has uh, courage, courage, as they say in the Wizard of Oz, to go after that other market. Well, um,
2: and if you if you think about the, Antar- the Antarctica, you can certainly fish in the the area that's protected in the safe harbor area. There are fish there, but when you get out in open water, the fish are ten times the size. It takes just as much effort. So why wouldn't you go after the bigger fish? If it takes as much time and effort and resources, why not go for broke? And you know these larger companies, they started off small. It's not like they were just born one of the largest companies. They had to start somewhere and they had to build up. And your products and services, the way you position it, if it's gonna help them improve customer experience, increase revenue, reduce costs. Who doesn't want that? It doesn't matter their size. They're going to go, yeah, that sounds really good. And if your offering is unique and it gives them an additional tool to get leaner, faster, better, smarter, whatever, of course they're going to want to talk to you. If they don't, they're idiots. And I don't think you want to do work with someone who's stupid. Idiots. Well, (laughs) So my lesson
0: on that and Chris uh, Hodges I'm going to bring you on in just a second, so this is the lead into Chris coming on. Um, We needed a new bank at um, Indie Books International and we were with one of the largest banks and I felt we needed to go through a new stage so I talked to a bank and realistically, this bank was bigger than we needed at the time. Um, we didn't deserve to be a customer of this bank. But the president showed a great deal of interest. And I said, why are you doing this? And he said, Henry, do you think we wait for companies to get big and then come in and offer to be their bank? Or do you think we find promising companies help them grow big and they're loyal to us as their bank? So. Even with the extra zeros, people are people, the problems are the problems. Um, they they just do the things the same way, just have confidence there. Uh, Chris, uh, we'll give the talking stick to you. Uh, Suzanne, if you could, uh, thanks.
1: a stick, okay. I actually had a question, but I, I wanted to actually say, Lisa and I came into contact a couple of weeks ago and we had a conversation about Well, first we had a conversation about digital presence and how to advance what I'm doing with my work, et cetera, which is the whole subject of this. And then I I just thought it was relevant to say, I have this idea to do a particular event at the Red Rock Amphitheater. And almost everyone else I've ever said that to. I'm gonna do this event. It's gonna be on Noble Automation. It's all about my book and bringing all the... And other people will say, oh my God, that's a huge idea. Lisa's like, I'm all in. When is this event going to (laughs) happen? And it, I think there's a certain kind of chemistry that comes together in this. And the question I ask about the timing, is because Lisa's been very patient, but not too patient. You know, she wants me to make this happen, and we are. And and Henry, I just want to say it's been great to connect with these people. But the idea of the Antarctica thing, get your hook in the water, put it in the right place, get the right people in the right place. So it's a great combination. I, I have to admit, I'm so sorry, Lisa. I did not know you were the guest for today's talk yay because i (laughs) enjoy so many of these tuesday talks and it just so happens to be you are the guest of the of the the talk so that was it henry i these ideas all kind of are crystallizing and coming together and i'll invite you all to join us lisa and me in the red rock amphitheater when this event comes together in the spring of
2: 23
1: because it's going to be awesome because it's going to be awesome and we haven't even and we haven't well,
2: even like really, really planned it, but planned I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. We'll make it happen. Like, yeah. Yeah. just thinking it in just standing for it and knowing that this should be—it should be—puts you into action to make it so. And when people see that, they rally. Your community rallies, and they're like, "That sounds fantastic." You know, um, the same friend Diana, she had told me that um, she was listening to um, Tony Robbins. Um, And Tony Robbins, you know, one of his things is if you're looking to do something new, you should follow after somebody else who's forged the path. And I told her, no, 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 you should forge your own path and you should be the first one because then you get to define all the parameters. You get to define what success looks like. You get to define how it goes. You become the standard and everyone else has to follow you again. You can follow, certainly follow someone else. That's safe, safe harbor thought process. Or you can get out of the safe harbor and get in that open water and just start fishing. You know, Lisa, And if you put the, the line in and it doesn't work, you just go someplace else and you do it again. That's it, the beauty of it.
1: This is a reason Lisa and I are resonating so well. In, in the Joseph Campbell stuff that I use so much in my book, um, Joseph Campbell talks about the Knights of the Round Table had to go into the dark forest the mission where you had to go into the dark forest, but you couldn't follow a path that one of the other knights followed. You had to find your own path into the forest and, and find your great adventure, which is exactly what Lisa just said. So it's like reason number 47 that I'm talking to Lisa. I can't count all those reasons. I, I was scared- And there you have it, podcast try. over. Uh... no, no. <laughs> It was scary turn me off, Suzanne, you can turn off my camera. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, if he starts. Henry, to... Henry and Lisa. The 10
0: o'clock show gets blue, but we try to keep it clean <laughs> here at the three o'clock show. Um, so I'll quote Mark, our chairman. Let's give it a try. Let's try it, see what happens. Um, to quote my partner, uh, Vicki DeVries in Indie Books and Life, she, she says, it might not work in this cheery voice, <laughs> which means... You know, we won't know unless we try it and give it our best shot. So I think that's what I'm taking from that story. Um, Well, this has been a great show. I see by the clock on the wall that uh, we need to bring it to a close. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. And Lisa, thanks so much for sharing what you're doing. And uh, we certainly value you as one of our authors and also one of our advocates and cheerleaders we certainly appreciate you spreading the word about indie books and and uh we want to do the same i don't know i i just might share something uh if it'd be okay um lisa i don't know what it is but do it (laughs) i'm gonna ask you don't know what it is lisa contacted me recently i did return her email this time and she asked uh did I know anybody who dealt with the Fortune 500? And what was my response?
2: We're like, I can make a bunch of introductions. How many would you like?
0: Yeah. So I think we're up to a dozen now. Yeah. If And I think it's from that strategy, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right. So ask. Ask the family for what you need. That's the lesson I want everybody to take away. Um, there, nobody accomplishes anything great alone, and there's somebody, if you want to do that TED Talk, we got somebody in the family who can help you with that. If you want to put on a big special event, we can help you do that. If you want to be a keynote speaker at a national conference, we got contacts to do that, and we want to do that for the family. So please ask. We can't always deliver. Might not work. We'll try real hard. That's our intent. So I know Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. Sometimes in this business, there is just trying real hard. And if you don't get it from that person, go on to the next. One person wanted a feature in the Wall Street Journal. And I asked 13 different people 13 different ways until I got a yes. So sometimes another mentor of mine taught me this years ago if you never quit, you never lose. So that's my message today. Don't quit when you're on that path through the dark forest. When you Don't quit when you're trying to get out of that safe harbor in Antarctica. Uh, keep going. And we're here to help. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the Marketing with a Book podcast. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.